Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Hi, I hope you're having a good day as we are beginning month two of our study, The Hour Has Come. And this month, our study is a study about divine unity. And what that means is that God... The Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are one, and they are one not only in their being, in the fact that they are all the Godhead or God, but they are one in purpose, and that there never has been a time when they weren't all three working for our redemption. So as we begin today, I just want us to look quickly at question number two. It occurs to me that there may be some who are just beginning the Digging Deep study for the first time, and this might be kind of a tough little question here. Read Isaiah 6 and tell us how we know from this passage that verses 1 to 9 are talking about Jesus. Well, I think that might be difficult if you're brand new to fairly deep Bible study. So let's turn to Isaiah chapter 6 and look at those verses. And as we read, Isaiah says, In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings with two He covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am lost, or I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Second mention there of the Lord of hosts. We have it in verse 2, and we have it in verse 5. Then flew one of those seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it on my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips. And thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for me? Then said I, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go and tell this people, Hear indeed, but understand not, and see indeed, but perceive not. So here we have in the first nine verses of Isaiah chapter 6, the Lord of hosts, and we have uh, the, the seraphims flying with a live coal, and, and with that coal taking away iniquity. So obviously we have some symbolic language here, some prophetic language, but in this chapter, how do we know that these verses are talking about the Lord of hosts being Jesus? little bit about the Lord of hosts first off. Uh, It occurs, that phrase occurs about 261 times in the Old Testament scriptures. The first time it occurs is in 1 Samuel 1 verse 3. And actually when you look at the language, the Hebrew language there, it means the Lord of the armies, the God of the armies of heaven. 
And so it could have been translated the God of the armies of heaven. And we think that that means because um, of some of the context of these passages that it means he is the ruler, the leader of Israel's armies when he's called the Lord of hosts, but also when he is called the Lord of the hosts of the armies of heaven, then he's talking about that he is the Lord of the hosts of the angels in heaven as well. So when we look at Isaiah 6, how do we know that verses 1 to 9 are talking about Jesus, that Isaiah is seeing prophetically Christ, and he's speaking about the Christ before he came into the world, or the pre-incarnate Christ. Well, we know that by reading the passage and seeing the forgiveness that's involved in the passage, but we also know it because if we use our concordance, we can find these words in other places in the New Testament. So if we look at John 12, let's go there in the New Testament, the Gospel of John chapter 12, and this is really where we are in our, in our study of the hour has come. But if we look at chapter 12, verses 39 and 40, let's look at the context there. It says in verse 37, though Jesus had done so many miracles before them, yet the Jews, we're talking about the Jews here, believe not on him. Now, verse 38 is important that the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke, Lord, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Well, we know that's talking about Isaiah 53 verse 1. And that was in number one in our month two lesson. Who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? That's Isaiah 53, 1. And so here we definitely know that's talking about Jesus the Christ because it says it in John chapter 12. And then he goes to this Isaiah 6 quote in verse 39. He says, therefore, they could not believe because Isaiah said once again, he has blinded their eyes. He's quoting from Isaiah 6, verses 9 and 10. He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts and be converted, and I should heal them. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and he spoke of him. Who? Well, in the context there in John 12, it's obviously Jesus. So when we read Isaiah 6 and we, we see the Lord of hosts in the first few verses there, we know it's talking about Jesus because John, through inspiration, told us who it was talking about. Then we turn over, as your lesson directs you to, to the last chapter of Acts. And if you're turning there, you're seeing that the context of that passage is that the Apostle Paul was rejected by the Jews in Jerusalem. In fact, he was about to be imprisoned and killed by those Jews. And what did he do? Because of his Roman citizenship, he could appeal to Caesar in Rome. And that's exactly what he did. And so by Acts chapter 28, he is in Rome, but the Jews wanted to hear what 
the Jews in Rome, these aren't the same Jews that sent him to Rome, but these are the Jews that are already there in Rome. And they want to, and they said, we, we didn't receive letters out of Judea about him. Neither any of the brethren that came showed or spoke any harm of thee, but we desire to hear of thee what you think. For as concerning this sect, Christians, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. And when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him into his lodging. So these are Jews in Rome who are coming to hear Paul speak and expound and testify about the kingdom of God, the church. Persuading them, in verse 23, concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning till evening. So he's going to dip back into the prophets. And one of those prophets is going to be Isaiah. And some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. And when they agreed not among themselves, they left or departed after Paul had spoken one word, one verse. This is the closing verse of Paul's little, um, well, it wasn't little. He expounded from morning till night to them. But the last passage that he used was, Isaiah chapter 6, well spake the Holy Spirit by Isaiah the prophet to our fathers, saying, Go to this people and say, Hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and not perceive. For the heart of this people is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and should turn again, and I should heal them. Be it known, therefore, to you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles, and that they will hear it. And when he had said these last words, this this verse from Isaiah was his last text, they departed, and they had great reasoning among themselves. So, Paul gave them a lot of things to think about. He gave them fodder for reasoning or arguing among themselves in Acts 28 here. But you see the context, both in John 12 and in Acts 28, Isaiah 6 is quoted, and we know for a fact that it's talking about Jesus. It's prophetic language. The Jews were rejecting Jesus in both cases, and Jesus was saying, you have the ears to hear. Boy, they should have been accepting of Christ more than anyone else in the world because they had all the prophecies. They had already heard. They had ears to hear, and they had eyes that could see because they should have been enlightened in their mind's eyes all throughout the centuries in all of the ways that God was showing them that he was leading this nation to the Messiah to bring about the very birth, life, and death of the Messiah. They were the ones who should have been hearing and should have been seeing, but they had let their ears wax gross and their eyes become dull of hearing. They could not hear and they could not see because lest they should hear and see and understand with their hearts and should turn again and I should heal them. They did not want to see. And so they didn't see. So in both cases, in Acts 28 and in John 12, we see Jews rejecting Jesus. And the passage that is used to talk about this Jesus they are rejecting 
from, from earlier prophecy was Isaiah 6, verses 9 and 10. We know that that passage, when it talks about the Lord of hosts in Isaiah 6, is talking about Jesus Christ because our New Testament tells us that it was. I'm going to just go ahead and throw out that a good a good tool to use when I'm saying, you know, when we're looking at a passage and saying, how do we know this is about Jesus? Or how do we know this is about the Holy Spirit? Or how do we know that this passage has to do with the church? Or how do we know that this passage has to do with baptism? Whatever it is, you can take many times, you can take those words that are in the verse, the key words, here it would be um, Lord of hosts or eyes and ears and heart all in the same verse. You can take keywords in the verse and put them in your concordance, type them into your concordance and find the verses in the New Testament that refer to that verse or find the other verses in the scripture that have the quotation and many times you will know exactly what the prophet was talking about or exactly what the apostle was talking about because many times the word will just tell you in another place, this is what the prophet was saying or this is what the apostle was saying back in the gospels or whatever. You uh, use that concordance and put key words into it and if you can find other places that contain the same quotation, as the one you're looking at, many times it will tell you exactly what that quotation is referring to. All right, good exercise for today. I hope you're having a good start to our month of October, and I look forward to being with you again soon.